1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Walk Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host Scott Taylor, joined by Ben Turner.
2: Happy New Year there.
1: Yes, good. And Josh Brown. (laughs) Happy New Year there. Is the new new saying. 2021 do the double finger poke thing in a good way in a nice way in a star wars way and that's how you welcome in 2021 we thought we would do um, a rundown of all the stuff that's coming in 2021 uh, as the gaming year now i haven't told you guys but i did look up a bunch of anniversaries this year is ridiculous for the amount of anniversaries that there will be um Hold so whether any of one. these yeah there's tons so it's uh running them down um uh, it's like donkey kong has its 40th year um legend of zelda castlevania dragon quest and metroid are on their 35th year street fighter is on its 30th year um or street fighter 2 is sorry um Halo is on its 20th year and Elder Scrolls is on its tenth year.
2: Sorry, can I just interrupt? Resident yes. Evil's on its 25th year, which he wasn't gonna say. <laughs>
1: no, I didn't. I just I, I Googled Anniversaries 2021. Resident Evil wasn't in the top five that I uh, pulled from. But you know, you never know, you might get some, I mean you're gonna get you're
2: gonna get
3: Resident Evil stuff. Isn't Resident Evil
2: eight this year? I'm not gonna get enough, but yes, I will <laughs>
3: right. get Ben Benroy, right. you're getting a new game, you're getting potentially Revelations 3, you're getting a new movie and a TV show. You are spoilt, you are yeah. too entitled. <laughs> Meanwhile, no. us Metal Gear fans,
1: just like, you know, sniffing at crumbs, trying to pretend it's something. <laughs> just not anything at all. Um, but yeah, we thought we'd run down, because um, obviously there'll be a ton of, you know, all the big games coming in 2021, but we thought we'd highlight the stuff that has maybe sort of started to slip under the radar, or the sort of things that we've mentioned to each other and gone, yeah, that is actually a thing that still exists. Um, and speaking of which, Overwatch 2 completely didn't even remember that Overwatch was a thing until the other day.
3: I think Same. that's I don't know what's going on with this game. I, like, it just is <laughs> so far off my radar. And that's completely fine. You know what I mean? Like, mm. I played Overwatch when it came out for, like, nine months, had a really good oh, time, so and then good. never thought about it since, which which kind of sucks because I was so enjoying it. But, yeah, when he announced this, like, I immediately forgot it after I saw the first <laughs> trailer, which sucks because I want to be excited for it. I want to be part of that community again. But I just, I just don't think I will, Scott, because it's out so soon. And I, I know very little about it. They did a weird thing when they announced
1: it where there was this whole sort of cross-pollination of like, they're doing new levels, but they are, most of the stuff is available in the original Overwatch. And they're sort of doing a thing where they want Overwatch to be a platform, but then they also want to do a sequel. Um, but they also, you know, obviously, they want to respect the original fans and everything. And I remember they, I think actually, I think the new levels are the only thing that's in Overwatch 2. There's a whole split of the way that they've done it. But mo- I remember most of the Fallout being like, well, I don't actually need this. And then their sort of response was, yeah, you don't really, we're trying to be nice. And it sort of just fell away. Benroy, were you an Overwatch fan?
2: Uh, I have never was on played business, like. Overwatch. What never. the hell?
4: A-ron. Also,
2: look, look, look. sometimes <laughs> you're just too busy playing any other game that came out that year. Resident or, Evil, yeah, 4. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's next year. Uh, but um, now I don't think I. I think after the, the weird like backlash have this, they've said nothing, mm. and they were like, "Yeah, it's just gonna, wasn't it like a." basically this new one is going to be a bit of a story mode but the yep. multiplayer is just going to crash, cross over anyway mm-hmm. I feel like the story mode thing might just be an add-on to Overwatch because they might I don't know if they want to get into the situation where you know Destiny 2 is the Destiny everyone plays and it will be for years <laughs> to come but it's called Destiny 2 and not Destiny I think it's mm. that sort of like I don't, or like Rainbow 6 like these sort of games from Siege they're not doing Siege 2 they want that to go for like 10 years which makes same sense same with Rocket League make, as well
1: like, yeah. I think there is a way to do it as the as, that's the thing Overwatch makes sense as a platform everyone refers to it as
2: Overwatch it's not like just add the story to that like yeah. 20 quid to add on like um, just do that sort of thing
1: because mm-hmm. I think it's strange like kind of comparing it's like Fortnite Rocket League all these big sort of IPs that have kept their original names just bolted stuff onto it and then there's kind of Call of Duty or Activision's approach which is sort of still try and do separate unit sales but you've fractured the entire fan base across Cold War Modern Warfare um yeah. you know and uh, warzone and everything and then they've sort of i don't know there was a whole thing uh, on gameindustry.biz of a bunch of different analysts saying that... call or one of the analysts saying that um, call of duty's model is successful but i don't feel like it is i feel like the optics around call of duty are like no one knows exactly which one to champion mean, at once
2: call of duty is is always winning right it's always the best selling of the year mm. like around Grand Theft Auto 5 somehow but like i feel like overwatch 2 is overwatch 2 because of businessmen in suits but then i'm maybe <laughs> thinking that they've maybe they might look at this and go actually why don't we just have it as just overwatch and see if they can do the add-on like because really all they were doing was and if I've missed that, a third little thing is, I'm mm. sorry, everyone. But what they were doing is adding this story mode. And they actually said, if you have Overwatch, you can play with people in Overwatch 2 anyway. It doesn't really yeah. matter. So that, that literally negated the the need for it.
1: Kind of. I mean, uh, Josh, you're you're a Codsman. What do you think?
3: Yeah, like for me, um, I've actually been won around towards this idea a little bit more after playing Call of Duty, you know, Modern Warfare, Warzone and Cold War. Because while that integration does have its problems, it's kept me playing Call of Duty. Yeah, yeah. In terms of space, in terms of how the content has actually been implemented. It's it's much more appealing to me than the distinct Call of Duty kind of releases that they had before because Mm. they encouraged retention before. You know what I mean? They were like, come on, play our game and we're going to release this back battle pass we're going to release all this free dlc now we've got warzone and it always felt weird that that would just suddenly stop when a new game came out and that's what kind of like frustrated me a little bit about call of duty in the mid 2010s but the way they've done it with cold war in allowing your progress in the battle pass or whatever to kind of carry over to warzone and to constantly be building towards the same thing while having its own distinct identity, like the look and feel of modern warfare is still incredibly distinct from cold war. Mm. Then you have Warzone, kind of somewhere in the middle with all of the guns from both games that you can like level up and stuff. It's not exactly elegant, but it works much better than I expected it to. And if they can pull something off similar with overwatch, I think it doesn't really matter if only a fraction of the fan base kind of like jumps into it because you Mm. still have that cross-pollination. You still have both brands going strong. And ultimately, I think it might be able to work. It's going to be very awkward. But now that Call Mm. of Duty has set the precedent, I I have a little bit more faith that this – yeah. can kind of continue across a bunch of different franchises in the future where a new release doesn't mean that the previous game is suddenly dead you know what I mean? yeah
1: yeah i think it's 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 going to be one of the other like for me I, I i don't know like i think the fortnite rocket league model seems to be just healthier like just feels better you're investing in this platform you get everything it's all right there you don't have to like fork out for different unit sales to sort of make up that platform um, plus overwatch as a brand feels like it's kind of just fallen off like it was dominating across 2016 2017 um, and it just hasn't really been mentioned but also that kind of goes hand in hand with Blizzard being kind of all over the place. Um, next game down, though, is Lord of the Rings Golem, which is Josh Brown's pick to include because he can't shut up about it.
3: He's <laughs> Every day, Golems. man. Every <laughs> day. I like You guys are sleeping. It's like 4 a.m. And I'm like knocking on your door, opening your letterbox like, Lord of the Rings Golem. Just peeking Lord of the in. Rings Golem is still coming. Mine's a Moria. Uh, this thing, I'm, I, can't, I can't wait to play it. I can't wait to buy a <laughs> one and play Why? The Lord of the Rings Golem What is it RPG. about this game? Because it's, it's so odd and it shouldn't exist. <laughs> Nobody seems to care about it. No! Yeah, they keep pushing ahead and they keep doing like big press releases and big reveals about it. And at this point, it feels like an underdog and I want it to succeed and I want it to be weird And because it, it, it shouldn't work. Like a game starring Gollum that you kind of, you know, you're influencing the game world and stuff. Mm. That shouldn't be the first thing you think about when you think of a Lord of the Rings game and yet we have it. It's coming And I'm here for it, man. It's going to be my oddity of the year. It might be crap for all I know, but did you ever play
1: the Sticks games, like the Master of Shadows and whatever they're called? I've got both of them. The Little stick, The Little Goblin, man.
3: Yeah, I played one level when it was on PlayStation Plus in, like, right. 2016, but that's, that's it's it. It's very oh, old-school
1: Stealth. Like, if you play it now, it's very, like, oh, my God, this is what Stealth used to be in, like, 2003 or whatever. They're very deliberately old-school. But that's what it, I – for me, the Lord of the Rings Gollum, best possible case scenario is that it's close to Sticks because, like, Sticks right. is sort of still sort of beloved and stuff. But I just – I don't know. The initial screenshots they put out for Gollum, I thought looked a little bit rough, just didn't look the best. But Benroy, what do you, what do you yeah. think of uh, Mr. Goll?
2: To quote Andy Circus as Gollum, nobody likes you. Nobody's going <laughs> to like you. Not you, Josh, the game. Uh, no, I don't, I don't know. Cause they've got that phone game coming out as well. Haven't they? Like, they? Lord, I think there's I'm like right. a Lord of the Rings phone game that I that, Nobody that is, needs that. Yeah. Like it's, I, I don't know what they're doing with it. And I'm, I'm scared for all the rings right now because we've had, I feel like we don't need any more. Like, I love it. I, mm. I, I was basking it in the beginning of this millennium, uh, but um along with Rob- Robbie Williams' Millennium. But <laughs> I yep. just don't know after after the initial run of games. Like, because the Fellowship of the Ring game was crap as well. Do you remember that? I, I feel, well, there was I the
1: Aragorn had, one as well. Like, it took yeah. them a little while before EA did the the really good stuff with Two Towers and I, in Return. I, I...
2: I don't know if we need this. I mean, I'll play. I might play it when it comes down. I'm not spending mm-hmm. seventy pounds on this game. I <laughs> uh, think is but, that like you need an end. You need some sort
1: of return entry point for Lord of the Rings. Like I, I love that period across the two thousands where we had the EA yeah. stuff, and then there was the Third Age, and they had that that um, the one where you were like a squad of people all fighting dudes and everything. That, and like,
2: as well was amazing. Yeah. There's the- so many. This this if it's just going to be Gollum in his little loincloth cloth sneaking around, do do he puts the rings on and, and then the Witch King comes after me? I don't know, something like that. Then like, oh, and then maybe there's a level where Faramir is trying to kick you in the face. Let's just like, <laughs> dodge the boot. And then i like, how many fishing games are there going to be? And are we going to? <laughs> like,
1: but but when you catch a fish, you'll get to whack it off a rock, which will be brilliant.
2: Yeah, but then you see a potato, and then he's going, blah, and we get
1: my here. you know what? You've actually convinced me on it. Like, they, they could do such <laughs> little twists on that. I would take that. Plus, do you think they'll have a, like a loincloth storefront? Because it's Warner Brothers. Yes.
2: That
3: would make deluxe, so much better. I cloth. want Vigo Tintin's face on my loincloth. <laughs> no, nah, man, you're not getting anywhere near anything that imaginative. It's going to be like 17 quid for a brown loincloth. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> like one not to be the one from the imaginative. At all, oh. terrible.
1: Also, it's worth doing a PSA that we've all been saying Viggo Mortensen's name wrong since 2003 or whenever the hell that first movie came out. I thought or maybe really, I have, Vigor Viggo
3: Mortensen,
1: I was Ben Roy said Mortensen, which I remember Googling that okay. the other day, and apparently that is the way to say it. So huh? I don't know. I, I,
2: I got it wrong very early on, but then like I think someone shouted at me and said it wrong. At Just one
1: educating point. the masses, letting them know. Speaking of educating yeah. the masses, Stalker 2 is also coming out in 2021. Ben Roy, you're a large fan.
2: Uh, So Stalker 1 is a weird one because that's one I never really had a PC power enough to play. So I always had to play it like a friend's. And I don't know if any any of you don't know that the Stalker, like the the lineage of how that game was just in development hell for about 700 years, I think. (laughs) Uh, And when it finally came out, like it's part of the team split off and they made the Metro games. So there's that that sort of DNA there and just like wandering around sort of like Chernobyl and that sort of setting and the grandness of those games and now bringing it forward and this game got cancelled and now it's alive again. Mm-hmm. Phil Spencer has resurrected it. It's going to mm-hmm. come to Xbox. I think it's going to come to Game Pass as well. So that just makes Game Pass even better. Mm-hmm. So... We're going to get it on console. Yes, thank you. And I just want some gritty, realistic, sort of horrible shooter because <laughs> the horrible world right now isn't enough for me. I need to have horribleness in my games.
1: Because what? How? I know so little about I know what Stalker 1 is in terms of the artwork and the look of it, but it's like they always blended a bit with the Wasteland series for me. But, like, Stalker, is that more is it first person?
2: Well, yeah, well for yeah. Stalker's first person. I mm. really think Metro, but sort of like more sprawling environments mm-hmm. and not so directed. Mm-hmm. It's also the original teams that did uh,
1: the original Fallout game sort of fractured so much and you've kind of got like some of the mentality of original Fallout is in Wasteland and some of the mentality of what Fallout became is in Stalker or at least they're sort of um, comparable
3: it's, it's
2: just like it's just like sort of like gritty sort of uh, like uh, post-apocalyptic type feeling game though mm-hmm. you like you've got like only like 12 bullets and you've got to survive the, that sort of like almost survival horror game that i'm always craving and the fact that it, we're going to finally get like a version of it on console that i just want it and mm-hmm. just keep forgetting i don't believe it's coming out because <laughs> it was cancelled and just like the other one in development hell for about 100 years right but that, that's all i've really got to say
3: on it right now I wasn't for it, man. it. Sounds cool. Right. I
1: say, Josh, hey, what do you think of this stalker business?
3: Yeah, because, I mean, the 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 first Stalker and all of its mods and everything, that it obviously has like such a reputation for being this hardcore cult classic that a bunch of people love, you know, in spite of its flaws. Mm. I never got a chance to play it because, like Ben Roy, I never had a PC powerful enough or even, I never had a PC powerful enough to even <laughs> play God Home, never mind Stalker or whatever, you know what I mean? Same. So I never got a chance to play it, but I've kept up with it, weirdly, just because it has this cult fandom behind it. And it is so fascinating. And I love the things that are going on in that original game. So now to be able to get to, play the sequel on console it's 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 going to give me a reason to dust off the old don box and plug it back into the tv (laughs) when it comes around so i can um, get game pass again and give it a whirl because it's kind of it's very much on paper at least my kind of game and i'm finally excited to get a taste in the flesh about what it is and not just watch other people's video essays about what i'm listening you know what i mean i want to be in that conversation so are you digging out your
1: 2013 xbox
3: I'm gonna to have to, yeah. Sure. Unless um Spencer gives me a series X, I put them back <laughs> on sale anytime soon. I'm not going to I was get gonna get. Yeah, chance. they're
1: actually available again. Um, I was gonna put use
3: it. Mention- I'll go on. Sorry. I was just going to say, I'm going to use a hodgepodge. So I'm going to use this really old console. I'm going to dust it off, plug it in. I'm going to use your controller. I'm going to use um, Game Pass. And then I'm going to bring this disparate collection of items together to finally play it. It's going to be glorious.
1: Just Excellent. crafting, just sort of... I mean, I, I sent you that controller <laughs> to play Orion and the Will of the Wisps. Don't play anything else with it or it will burst into flames. It's,
3: it's um, funny. I won't, I won't say your
2: game attack, but if I ever see that game attack pop online again, I will cry because it is hilarious. <laughs>
1: Well my one my yeah. one was the No
2: no back. no Josh's oh, if you've ever seen it like I'll tell you afterwards but oh my god it is such I a, even remember such, what it is. such that era I, <laughs> I see it every now and then, <laughs> and then when I go for friends <laughs> I like, who the F is this and then I go oh that's Josh Link182Fan.com XL
3: text. It's even worse than that. I feel so <laughs> um I have such nostalgia for it because obviously always I don't go on the Xbox much. So when I go back on it, I'm transported to 2008 when I made that. And it is, uh, yep. I wish I could change it, but I, one, I'm not going to pay eight pounds to change it into it's, it pops me too much. It reminds me of my dumb fourteen-year-old stuff yeah. way too
1: much. I think I think you can change it once for free. I think you can. They Ooh, might have changed yeah. that. Um, but um, yeah, I mean that that whole mentality of making a gamer tag. I was just like, oh, I'm gonna my one. I was, like, oh, I want people to call me Blade. So like, I was gonna go with that. And the <laughs> yes. thing that I came up with just meant that they called me that instead. It was just Blade something else. And so, oh, such and such full name. And I'm like, no, no, I'm Blade. I'm cool. I'm, I'm Blade 2 I've just seen it. I call me Blade. <laughs> I used to be All the leg- say- I used
2: to be Legend Killer at one point. And I was like, you know yes. what? I need to divorce myself legend- from.
3: <laughs> Randy Orton, eh? oh, I used to, um, for me like I, I, I don't know i'm not going to say it because I'm, I'm pretty embarrassed by it but the the big clue is that i was obsessed with super bad at the time Fantastic. so much that i even listened to the director's dvd commentary about it which <laughs> informed my personality so much and remember
1: director's commentaries that's the thing yeah. that takes you back even though they still exist but no one ever listens <laughs> to them anymore. Anyway, games, is it? 2021. Uh, you mentioned before, um, the you said something about, that reminded me, Gone Home, you mentioned. I was going to very quickly mention in between everything else that Open we're, Open Roads is out this year, which is the next one from Fulbright, the guys that did Gone Home, mm. then they did Tacoma. Um, initially, back in 2013, they were like the future of the industry and they spawned all the walk simulator stuff. Um, but Open Roads is also out in 2021. Um, next game down, though, which, does this game even exist anymore, is Elden Ring. I just don't even, oh, Elden Ring. And that's as, be- it, it as much as we get, lamenting
2: the studio isn't going to die because railroad mine didn't write the game like he's not he, Railroad I, I mine oh yeah <laughs> <a> Rail- <laughs> rr that's railroad that's what it's been decided that's but yes. um yeah I, I think this is going to come out either like this year or like next year like like i he's probably he's he's like writing flavor text right he's not writing like Every sort of individual part of the game. He, I think apparently, more... it was like
1: the concept and the world yeah. were him, and then everything else was from software. This is George R. R. Martin and um, from software slash Hitachi Miyazaki's game. George by Railroad Martin,
2: yeah. Yes,
1: yes. But I mean, like he sort of <laughs> dropped off. he sort of dropped off like mainstream, you know, conversations after Game of Thrones. But I think, which I think he intentionally did, because he was like, I'm just going to get as far away from this thing as possible. I still have books to put out, and I don't want it to be sort of tarnished or at least
3: involved. He in writes a blog
2: telling us he's
3: still alive, but that's about yes. it. Yeah. That's good. That's a good thing. It it marks time in the year because every six months I know time has progressed because George R. R. Martin will do a blog post where he's saying I'm still writing the Winds of Winter and I'm like right okay that's it that that's six months from January. Is that like a dedicated
1: site for that? Like you know when it's like oh has it leaked and it's like is he still alive? You just go on and it's like yes are he still there? You yeah. still do stuff the yes. but um yeah Elden Ring you know from software's next game apparently their first attempt at a proper open world game and the the leaked stuff for this which who knows if it's real or not was that apparently there are multiple different kingdoms um set around a giant sort of hub space kind of ocarina of time style or this like central field kind of thing Um, and you're going to each of these individual kingdoms kind of having a mini dark souls in each one of those kingdoms and then retrieving different items that let you eventually go to the final kingdom or whatever at the north side of the field or whatever what do you guys think of the because apparently there's um traversal options and there's horses and mounts and stuff as well so what do you think of them fleshing things out in that direction
3: yeah, I feel like you know and Ben Roy's not going to like this comparison, but Sakiro, I didn't think that would work. I thought Ben Roy loves Sakiro. More... Have you not
1: seen the photo? He can't. He's always <laughs> holding it. He can't. He can't put it down.
3: <laughs> it's attached to his hand like Robocop. He's grafted it on Spawns there. Spawns it. He's he's more Sakiro than he is man. I love now. it so much is <laughs> not in my flat.
1: <laughs> Threw it out the window. He did.
3: But yeah, when like they announced that they were going to expand what they were, you know, known for with Dark Souls and Bloodborne and Demon Souls and were going to, you know, go down this slightly different path that obviously was influenced by it, but they introduced more kind of accessible, you know, things like jumping and, you know, stealth <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, I was a bit worried, but then they pulled it off, in my mm. opinion. So if they want to go open world, I have so much faith in them and so much faith in um you know the creatives at the helm of these titles to create something new and original and gripping that especially after going back to demon souls which obviously you know was uh, made by bluepoint the remake like i'm back into that kind of world i've been jumping back into youtube videos about the original demon souls going mm. back to dark souls one and i'm here for elden ring especially because you've got this added element of this fantasy world being, at least in part, written by George R. R. Martin, mm. who is, you know, still, you know, despite what the end of Game of Thrones, which he didn't have anything to do with, might have soured it a little bit, is a really interesting writer and can build a world kind of, unlike anyone else you
1: know i'm super i mean the thing that makes me excited is that i love the direction they took sakiro's combat and i the bit i feel you call the boss but the guy that you fight on top of the horse and the guy that you're sort of oh, you know yes. you, you're like grappling hook in, you're doing the grapple hook to get like charge up to him you're doing these aerial attacks you're flying over him and it just added this whole other sense of like athleticism or kineticism or whatever you want to that fight and um, that no you know souls game had had before and i was like this feels brilliant and so as soon as they the leak came out about elden ring that the there's going to be mounts and different like horse combat and stuff and i was like if you could can make that work on a bigger scale and you know maybe you're like chaining between different horses and stuff i guess at some point it becomes a platinum game and they don't want it to be too over the top but um if they can keep expanding the combat that would be cool benroy as a sekiro devotee what do you what's your thoughts mate
2: well i have faith for that genre after demon bluepoint saved that genre and like you know <sighs> brought it back after sekiro like that's just ruined it with insane, demon cells man. But um, I don't – the whole thing of that sort of game being open world, I'm like, uh, I don't know. Because mm-hmm. how – are we just going to be running around a big field and there's going to be like seven or eight guys in that field? So I so said two areas in Sekiro which were big was that where you fight the horseman yep. and where you fight sort of like the final boss. That's the size of the areas that I would want to be that big. I don't mm-hmm. I don't see that game being like so – Say, imagine putting Sekiro Man uh, in Breath of the Wild and then just but you know – Every now and then you see another little, like arm in a pot going, "Hello there." Would you like? (laughs) And like, is there going to be fast? Like probably. Obviously, there's fast travel because like you know, uh, I don't even know what we call them anymore. But I'm just going to call them bonfires. But yeah, I'll play it
1: bonfire.
2: I'll play it, and I'll beat it. And Mm. I'll prove that I'm better than it. And then I will (laughs) see if it is actually a good game or not. Like Demon's Souls was an excellent game. It is judging you. It is sitting there with its papers in order. Yeah. (laughs) And Sekiro uh, started a horrible trend of men with big sticks. So hopefully there isn't a new (laughs) trend that comes out of this game.
4: One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states.
4: and the thing that fascinates me at the minute with open world stuff is that I feel like Ubisoft
1: sort of dominated so much at the start of the generation and it was all just giant map with a, with a towers and a ton of icons and you just mop it all up and it's a bunch of different checklists and everything else. And then Breath of the Wild came along and said, actually, do none of that. We're going to keep the towers, but whatever, we'll keep the towers. Everything else is just whatever you stumble upon, you do it. And it's a puzzle or it's a combat thing, or it's a piece of lore or whatever. And it was so refreshing. And I feel like loads of games have then taken that and ran with it, like The Pathless or Immortals, Phoenix Rising. And I kind of wonder if that is the future future of open world stuff where the ubi template feels old and as soon as you pepper a map with stuff um because you can optionally well, do that in Immortals if you want but it makes me wonder where you know uh from take on an open world genre is when it can kind of be one of two things
2: like i also i don't want it to be junk like i like the mm. si- the sort of size of like a subpunk like, like that sort of size of the world where it doesn't feel like everything is a thousand miles away as well like right. f- for like pointless reasons like i feel like even though skyrim is amazing that like sometimes you get lost in the fields when you sort of like Traveling for ages, and like, mm. do I do I get do I like faster, or do I walk around and make sure I th- found everything? I don't know. I'm I'm skeptical. I put it that way. Like, I I feel like we have enough open world games. I don't I don't like that everything is solitaire is going to be open world. Uh, mm. 2023, by the way, I've just announced this solitaire open world. Well, it's like but, the- you know what I mean, like
1: yeah yeah well like the marker of an open world for me how well an open world game is designed and stuff is like when you get when you have access to fast travel do you do it and if you're just marking stuff off a checklist then you can fast travel ping pong around the map and finish everything off but zelda and like i said pathless immortals sort of said look if you fast travel you will miss something you will miss something that yeah. you would have stumbled onto if you just walked that way instead and that feels like the future
2: and like resident evil 8 is apparently going to have like say open worldy large areas so mm-hmm. i it, Everything's good. I- I'm scared. I'm just scared. Okay. I'm just I-, I want I like my sort of like uh uh like narratively driven experiences, like say the last of us part two, where it's like it feels big, but you sort of all go in one direction. So yeah. I'm we'll see. It even, might it might that. it might work.
1: Like Naughty Dog's take on open world was to sort of like do it in Lost Legacy and Last of Us Two, just have like one chunk that is more open-ended, but the whole story is still more linear. Like God of War yeah. kind of has that too. I still like that.
3: That's it. Oh, yeah. When it comes to From Software, I agree with you guys generally that I prefer those more linear or wide linear experiences. But mm. when it comes to like From Software, like the narrative for me is never the focus. It is no. the mechanics in the world. You know what I mean? And mm. my favorite game that they've made is the first Dark Souls, which is the closest to a conventional open world I think they've made. You know what I mean? All of the areas are connected. You could theoretically mm-hmm. go anywhere you want or most, well, a lot of places at the we, very we're start. We're going to completely
1: I mean? divide on I that. I think of the first Souls as one giant dungeon. Like It's the opposite of that. But anyway,
3: isn't Bloodborne
2: oh, oh, Blood connected, or am I forgetting? I would that say well? Sekiro
1: is more open than Souls, but um, <laughs> I just,
3: I just, because all the overlapping just, stuff reminds me of Zelda, like it's so dungeony. It's it's very dungeony. Like I like I'd say for me it's the closest that gets to an open world. And mm-hmm. I think you could make an argument for it being open world just because of how connected everything is and how much option how many options that you don't know you have but then are revealed to you as you go on. Like you can mm-hmm. try hard areas really early on if you just walk there. You can find shortcuts between places and everything is kind of in this one Space that if you're, you know, replaying it, for instance, you can like zip around to where you need to be and bypass a lot of the content. But uh, I'm obviously not saying it's like a sandbox Assassin's Creed-style thing. You but can, see, if it was like... going to go down that route, I would want mm-hmm. them to build upon that kind of interconnectivity and not necessarily open everything at the start, but kind of like push you through to you can go left or you can go right. You know, you can go to this dungeon or list dungeon, but it's ultimately all part of the same game world, even if the areas themselves are distinct.
1: Yeah. One of the things I love the most as well about Souls, and I can kind of see where you're coming from is like, when you get a certain distance away from something and you look back and you see the entire expanse of what you've just done, like a whole, you know, set of streets or whatever, and you're now you're above it or something. Um, Cause it reminds me of Breath of the Wild. Like they apparently employed a design philosophy that Disneyland has where wherever you are in Disneyland, you can always see another uh, attraction. You can always see something else that you want to go to. And there's always something else on the horizon. Like you have the, the micro and the macro and it's a whole thing. And I kind of like hope that they would expand on that where you have your <clears throat> up close encounters in a souls game but then you're always looking at some crazy demonic cathedral that you're working your way towards or like some boss who's just standing on a cliffside or something like that'd be really cool um anyway on the complete opposite side of stuff that we're potentially looking forward to is the prince of persia sounds of time remake which just looked pretty damn crap when they showed it off and i forget when they even showed it off sometime last That's year it.
3: Yeah, I don't. I don't know if I'll be getting this, guys. To be no. honest, because I love the original Prince of Persia, but I wasn't convinced. And I want like the team to do well. It seems mm-hmm. like we have really good. Um, I think it's that first know, game. Ambitions behind it. Yeah, yeah. You know, like it seems like when they were when the developers were talking, it seems like they have a lot of passion for it. But I just I wasn't really convinced, and I wonder how much of that is on the developers or how much of that is on ubisoft just kind of like not caring about the ip and just being like oh push it out you know what i mean like it'll be mm. fine just just i'll give you a year to do it you know what i mean just get people interested in assassin's creed again it, i would be more interested <laughs> if it was like a proper sequel or something new or a remake in the vein of resident evil 2 remake something a bit bolder because i think part of the issue is if, the, if this game was coming out in 2016 or something mm-hmm. i'd have been like brilliant this is cool i'm going to get to play the original game again but now that we've had such robust remakes like resi 2 like demon souls like you know whatever all the, activision else, stuff. all the yeah 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 all the activision stuff and um, i feel like the bar is just so much higher than it was yeah. and there is a level of expectation from players and um, to or not that we kind of expect remakes now to be um just much more than they were back in 2015 2016
1: it's like an initial like gut reaction to what they've done with the visuals like obviously re2 looks absolutely stunning the activision stuff looks great and it's just as soon as we saw the, the uh, prince of persia trailer it just didn't look right it looked too old that the models didn't look right a bit too angular like there just needs to be more time maybe put into refining those character models and stuff um ben where were you uh, a pop fan uh not
2: really hell, i i've been right on the I... walls mate yeah, running rules. And you can rewind time. That's fun. Yeah. But I'm just, I, I think even if it looked excellent, I probably wouldn't be diving into it. I can't, I can't, I can't butter this up. I can't fluff it up. I, I'm not interested. I'm sorry.
1: Oh, you can't fluff it up. I mean, the, the fluffs of time have passed Ben Roy yeah. by.
2: Um, I, I just, yeah.
1: Something else that you're psyched about though is Ghostwire Tokyo. I've kind of put this next to Deathloop because they're both the, the both the Bethesda games that are um, coming to like a multi platform or at least are coming to Sony con uh, to PlayStation. Um, despite the whole Bethesda acquisition thing, um, but we should talk about Ghostwire uh, as the the bigger game sort of thing because I think a lot of more people remember Deathloop or at least it's been talked about a bit more. Um, yeah. Ghostwire Tokyo is the next game from Shinji Mikami, the the dude that revolutionized third person action with Resident Evil Four. Um, Ghostwire seems like your kind of thing, Mister Roy.
2: Yeah, well, I, you say that, but then they announced it wasn't a horror game, didn't they? They were saying it was it's more like. It looks like one. Yeah, it's, I, I don't know what it is. This is why <laughs> I didn't realize it was coming out this year because we've seen definitely we've seen definitely being played. We've seen just I think pre-rendered They've shown, stuff like, of, gameplay Ghostwire, of Ghostwire,
1: right? But it was in amongst like a CG thing, and it yeah. kind of looks like it could all be rendered. But I think it's the gameplay.
2: I'm so confused what Ghostwire is, but like it's Shinji Mikami, and uh, it's. If it's got some sort of survival horror stuff in there, then of course, because I, I, by the way, everyone should play the Evil Within one and two. They're probably yes. on sale right now. Yes. Like, they're great. And they were great, sort of like, homages and like, sort of like, sort of diversions from like the Resident Evil series. But um, yeah, I just, I don't know what this is going to be. And I'm <laughs> so intrigued because it's just saying new, it's new property. I sure I would like to have Evil Within, but like, if I can't have that, and I'd, ra- I'd rather sank from Shinji and Kami. So he, I'm just, I'm just, just gonna say here we go but i don't know what it is yet <laughs>
1: <laughs> i kind of i love his mind like it was just that evil within games i feel like yeah are criminally overlooked um but feel like spiritual sequels to resident evil 4 like just take that mentality and, and keep going like misty yeah. mysterious villages with like chainsaw you know sort of um what do you call burlap sack headed men with chainsaws like, sack, yeah. yeah yeah there's all that stuff and um but Ghostwire seems a bit more like in the platinum vein like the sort of stuff that he did with platinum where it's more like action focused but it is still in first person um josh what's your thoughts on Ghostwire?
3: i'm excited but like ben roy i don't know what it is you know what i mean i'm just Mm. sort of in this weird space of even though i've seen it even though i've seen actual gameplay from it i don't understand necessarily what the kind of core hook about it is i think (laughs) it looks really interesting and really gorgeous and based on the pedigree of the studio like ben roy i think evil within two especially is one of my favorite survival horror games of like the last 15 years or whatever mm-hmm. and obviously it's not really <laughs> akin to that this new game but still like based on the pedigree that the developer has i'm here for it it looks weird i hope that <laughs> these two games like this and death don't just get swept under the rug mm-hmm. now that microsoft has come in and bought bethesda and these are kind of like leftovers because they are you know Deathloop. at least i know for a fact is um you know a timed exclusive for playstation so i don't want them to kind of like be ignored because now they've been overshadowed yeah. by this bigger acqu- acquisition And hopefully they are, you know, these interesting games because I feel like Bethesda titles, titles Bethesda publishers like Evil Within. Like um, a bunch of other stuff that I'm forgetting about, Uh, Dishonored, for instance, isn't really given its due. It's almost kind of like forgotten about with your Dooms and your Mm. Fallouts and your Elder Scrolls. And these other franchises are just as good. They just need like a bigger platform. Like these developers just need that chance to kind of like break into the mainstream a bit more than they have in previous years.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah.
1: Bethesda's really dropped the ball as a publisher with those titles. Like, Dishonored got such little of a marketing campaign. Evil Within's completely pray, overworked. Did
2: Prey even get pray, out of that? Prey, barely album, anything.
1: Yeah. Like, I mean, Doom's just, like, sustained because okay. of the IP, but then they then hung their entire, like, Bethesda E3 conference on and that in 2019. You say that,
2: but then when when Wolfenstein, the re- remake, New Order came out, you couldn't go anywhere in London <laughs> without seeing posters the stapled to your very own face. Yeah. But around, like, Waterloo and oh. stuff are just everywhere. Well,
3: established franchise, I guess. Yeah. It's weird now, but like I think if, if you remember like back in 2016 or whenever it was when like the Doom reboot came out, like that thing mostly got as big as it did because of word of mouth. Like When it came yeah. out, we didn't have reviews at launch. It was part of Bethesda's thing of we're not going to have anything at launch. Mm-hmm. Reviews can play it afterwards. So, so crap, everyone was yeah. kind of like, is this going to be good? I know Wolfenstein was good, but is this any... Like, is this okay? So, even that, I feel like Bethesda kind of dropped the ball on initially until he realized they had something. And then by the time Eternal came around, they were like, no, Doom Eternal, Doom Eternal, Doom Eternal, <laughs> play this game.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that was also a product of just like the things that we just said. They didn't have much else to show. Like, Elder Scrolls is miles away. They'd already done the teaser trailer for that. So, they couldn't really say much. And it's like, they sort of just ended up leaning so much on Doom. Yeah. They're in a weird spot as a publisher. I right? kind of just, we did videos on this at the time, but I would just be annoyed if I was one of the devs going, like, we're working so hard to get these games together. All you guys need to do is stick us on a building. Board or something, and there was just so little word of mouth around those games. Um, the last thing we've got down is Breath of the Wild 2, the legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2. Um, which is crazy that that game would feel overlooked, but I just feel like Nintendo dropped the initial teaser, I think, two years ago now, um, and then just haven't said a word about it. Um, obviously we had uh, the Link's Awakening remake, and you know, it's the Zelda 35th anniversary this year. So assumedly they're maybe holding back to do a big old blowout of Zelda stuff. Um, but yeah, Breath of the Wild 2, if Breath of the Wild felt like such a one-off weird direction for Zelda anyway, that um How do you even sequelize that?
3: Yeah, it it feels like it doesn't exist, man. Like (laughs) it was announced a year and a half ago, like Mm. end of 2019 or whenever it was. And we haven't heard anything about it since. And it's almost kind of like, to me, it's barely even on my radar, which is so weird because Breath of the Wild in general, is like one of my favorite games ever made. I love that thing. And I just, part of me does just want more of the same. Like to Mm. me, they wouldn't even have to implement many kind of overhauls if they just gave me that again. Like, as kind of <laughs> reductive as that might sound, like I would be personally satisfied. But yeah, I want to see more from it. I want to see what new they're bringing to the table. It interests me as a kind of, I'm not really a big Zelda fan. Like, my first Zelda was Breath of the Wild. Mm. I'm going to be... It's interesting to me that they're doing, like, a direct sequel. You know what I mean? Because to man. my knowledge, they haven't really done that at all before. Mirror's this just, extent, like, the Majora's
1: of... Mask, but that was, like, a weird yeah. quasi... Like, as Jeff Gerstmann calls it, a ROM hack uh, from what Ocarina was. <laughs> but um, to flip it, though, like, Benroy, like, I know you're not a massive fan of Breath of the Wild. Would anything get you in for this one? Or does it just feel like this style is not for you?
2: If it just didn't feel like such a hassle, just, like, things breaking every five <laughs> minutes and just... <laughs> Oh, I've got... A hassle's
1: a great word for that. If, if that whole <laughs> game system's don't like, work for you, it is a hassle.
2: Yeah, like, a lot of it does feel like a hassle, and then, like, but then I play in a lot more of it, like, so I played, like, say, I think six hours mm. over like over a few days recently, and try to get back into it and try to play more of it, and I, I'm i like, yeah, cool, the... the the What they called is it, the shrines when you go underground, do the puzzles. That yeah, shrines, it. yeah. Yeah, like, they're fun. I just sometimes i'm like yeah th- this is beautiful going on the horse going through the landscape but do i need to do this can i just not be where i am Sort of thing. it's i think it's like my whole sort of thing of like do i need like every game to be open world? sort of hmm. and i don't i i don't know if the open world was doing it for me and also yeah like some of these systems in it just felt like a hassle like I had the, the, being cold at one point and having to deal with that and having not the right things to go in there. And, oh, like, say, I love if you, that. If you press a button accidentally, he's put his torch away, you're right. freezing before you got your clothes, and you've got to run <laughs> 17 miles back down to set a fire. Just little things like that, all built up and built up, and just like, maybe I'm just crap at it. Maybe. No, no, no,
1: like the, they do a big risk with that stuff because that stuff is awkward in terms of, like, yeah, you have that exact thing in the opening tutorial yeah. bit. But that's also for me the bit where I absolutely loved it, where you realize like that, that you, you can. can you, know, you can make your own fire if you just swing the sword at a rock and you'll get a spark and if that's next to a tree then that becomes the fire then you're warm again and like I love that stuff
2: I just yeah it it just like it, it felt like a weird like time and in the game being like so cold and things but when I when you get out to the wider, wider area like, I've enjoyed it more mm-hmm. it's just the fact that like uh, yeah it's just that sword's breaking off to say, like, what, 20 hits and something? Mm. I, it just, it feels a bit pathetic, really. Like, it just feels yeah. like it's halved in there too much. And maybe, you know, give the sword 200 hits more than 20. The like, only the just...
1: thing with the weapon, a lot of people hate the weapon durability stuff. I like that it forced you to, uh, to use the entire breadth of weapons that were there. Like, I was switching to spears. I was switching to bow and arrow. I, I had to rely on everything that I picked up. And it's just like, you wouldn't, I would have stuck with one weapon that entire game if it hadn't forced me out of it.
2: I and I like the the sort of like exploration, like something. I like you to just I want to climb up everything, but like mm. sometimes like, you get caught in the rain and you just sort of sitting there, like, well, I'm just gonna wait for the rain to go. People
1: say that, right? And I need to do a PSA. You get an ability that lets you completely jump over the vast majority of cliffs, and also like you could just wait, climb five things, wait, and then climb again to get around the rain thing.
2: I mean, I don't have that thing to jump over yet, but whatever <laughs> that happens is, uh. Even when you look, even when you're gliding down and he's like, Oh no, my, I'm letting go slowly. I'm just like, Oh, for God's sake, man, just get over yourself and hold on. Like, you let go, you're gonna die.
1: (laughs) When you fall in the water and he just dies. Yeah. The shore's right there, Link. Just, just oh my
2: God. When I fell into the water, I felt like, you know what, I'll end the water because I'm clever here, you know. And then, oh, Oh. is this Grand Theft (laughs) Auto 3?
1: Yeah, just... I'm. Uh, I the thing is, I I agree with you, but I always have, obviously I have like counterpoints and stuff. Josh, yeah. where were you in the middle of this insanity?
3: I like all of the time wasting stuff, boys. I just <laughs> I, I dig it. I liked it. I, I like you, Scott. As soon it's as rewarding. I got to that point where you had to get up the cold mountain part and you had to either put on some clothes or figure your own way, like mm. figuring out your own way was to me so satisfying. And you know? every single that time I go that game. Yeah. jump into a shrine and I always complete the shrines and I have no idea whether it was the intended way of doing it or whether I've thought it myself and the fact that that doesn't matter is like genius the fact that even if it is the way I was supposed to the fact that it feels personal to me and like I've improvised like that feeling of improvisation and like you're in charge and you're kind of battling against the world systems whether that be the rain that means you can't climb or electricity coming down to you know literally electrocute your metal item so you need to swap to wood or whatever like all of that stuff playing with the elements playing with the sandbox bring bring me more time wasters i like the um, destructible <laughs> weapons as well like give me all of that stuff and more also that thing with the lightning realizing that like oh man my
1: weapon's about to be like the first time you get hit with a lightning bolt and it kills you and you're like well that's bs but then you realize that you can throw your weapon put it down and that lightning bolt will hit it anyway which blows yeah. up everybody in front of you and it's like yeah. that's i just weaponized the lightning like that's <laughs> Oh, God. It's a whole thing. I mean, Breath of the Wild obviously is, is talked about so much and it's held up as one of the best games of all time. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm super curious what the hell they do going forward because do they double down on all the weird experimental stuff um, or do they try and bring back what Zelda is, quote-unquote, which is that there's uh, millions of fans that hate how much they discarded all the dungeons and discarded the the more strict progression. Benroy, you've gone very quiet, mate. I think Breath of the Wild has destroyed you. <laughs> I've come around on yeah, it is. a bit
2: more. <laughs> uh, and um, yeah, I've come around on a game like more since but Mm. yeah I don't I don't get this greatest of all time sort of like best in the world or what it does I'm sorry I think it I'm gonna side with um one Jim Sterling here it's like a seven out of ten sort of thing like I think I think it's around that sort of stage like you know I'm just me and Jim over here just thinking it's, (laughs) it's kind of all right I love no, it. But you do have to recalibrate. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, way. like, yeah, it's not like a Sekiro where I will fight you all to the end of time. But that game is. It's not like who? uh Sekiro.
1: Oh, sec- I thought you said it's where... not like a cigarette, and I was. I don't remember you being a massive defender of cigarettes.
2: I have never smoked a cigarette in my life. Me I'm neither. But um, you about. know, it's just. Mm... Secret mm, Breath of the Wild,
1: fine. <laughs> we can hand this over to anybody else who wants to um, come across ah. on social media. Where are your thoughts on Breath of the Wild? Do you even want a direct sequel? Um, and what the hell can Nintendo do going forward? And um, for now, this has been the World Culture Gaming Podcast. I've been your host, Scott Taylor, joined by Ben Roy-Turner.
2: Good- goodbye, 2020.
1: Hello, 2021. <laughs> and Josh Barron. <laughs> goodbye. And we'll catch you all next time. Bye-bye.